0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast.
1: Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today. I'm Chris McCarty. And I'm Robbie Greenfield. And this is
0: the Extra Time Podcast.
1: Where on earth to start with what has happened over the last 24 hours. Matt Fortune and I were in the studio this time yesterday, and we were still talking about the European Super League as a a huge threat to the sort of sanctity of the great game of football. Mm. And then I left, we left, we logged off. And uh, as soon as I'd arrived home, reports emerged that Chelsea had withdrawn, then Manchester City had withdrawn, then Mm -hmm. Manchester United had withdrawn. In fact, I think it was only Arsenal and Spurs that hung
0: on. Of course, Spurs hung on. (laughs) Of course, those two (laughs) clubs would hang on. They've got the most skin in the game for it, but it was extraordinary. Then, of course, the news broke that Ed Woodward was stepping down. Some confusion at first. Has he gone now? No, no, no. He was always planning to leave. He's going to be staying in the job, doing a bit of a handover until the end of 2021. And then, of course, into this morning with John W. Henry releasing and we will hear an excerpt of that grovelling apology that he did release and whilst it is nauseating of course it is I give him a crumb a crumb of credit for at least facing up because all the rest of the clubs haven't done that yet. Well,
1: Gary Neville called Manchester United's statements
0: the worst piece of communication he's ever seen. It's awful. It is awful, and actually, I scribbled it down as to exactly what that was. It essentially said the following, and then you had to click on the link through to their website. So they're driving at least traffic. <laughs> not one thing right. Yeah, that's what all good digital people should look to do: drives, drive people to traffic, get those clicks. Just said we will not be participating in the European Super League. Full statement here. Nonsense. No apology. No. There was something about stakeholders. Per- Personal, you know, no personality to it. Nothing. Man United, it's the corporate world. They've sold their soul many moons ago. They did that, in fairness. You look at all the clubs. A lot of clubs have personality. We've often referenced it on social media. The German clubs, Borussia Dortmund, Bayern yeah. Munich. Yeah. Poking fun at themselves. Yeah. Not Manchester United. Oh no, it's too, they're too highbrow for that. And their statement just reeked of just... Trying to get over themselves. massively, mate.
1: Okay, well, why don't we do a little timeline of what's actually transpired since Sunday afternoon? Because when we were on air on Sunday afternoon, this still hadn't broken. I think the news broke just as we came off air about 7, 8 p.m. Yeah. on Sunday afternoon over in the UK. And
0: then it just kind of snowballed, snowballed out yeah. of control. I mean, it's amazing. Social media, the power of it. Everyone's jumping in. Everyone, I guess, astonished. And I say everyone, not all, because there are one or two, and one or two have reached out to me that were very much in favour. I've got a lot of friends, and John, I'll reference you, JP, if you're listening, not a football fan. His poison is rugby. And he was playing devil's advocate. He was saying, listen, I need to explain why is this not a good thing Talk to me, a non-football fan, because this, to me as a non-football fan, actually sounds like something I could get on board with. And you're having to kind of say, well, listen, there's 150 years plus of tradition, heritage, this idea of a closed shop. And I always come back to that. That's the biggest thing that rankled with me. It's this idea that who are you to say who should be in this closed league? So, you know, there's so much to this, but essentially...
1: Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Because I haven't asked you this yet. If there was a European Super League proposal which did not involve a closed shop well it's essentially the champions league no but say they'd say listen we don't need to work with the uefa anymore we're gonna they, they've not been doing a great job their governance has been inadequate and by for the some way time let's just get they've one thing pushed straight. through a very horrendous
0: correct next
1: phase uefa
0: and fifa have their own ills. i'm not sitting here saying that football is perfect it is far from perfect uefa and fifa and as i said i do sincerely hope that this continues, that we all just continue pushing through to say enough is enough uh, and direct our ire at UEFA at FIFA at the clubs uh, and let's you know we talk about Barcelona being close to a billion euros in debt that's not nothing to do with the powers that be or the fans that's due to mismanagement that is due to the powers that be there deciding to spend 140 million quid on Philip Coutinho 150 million quid on Antoine Griezmann paying Lionel Messi as good as he is paying him 5-600 grand a week
1: and I'm not a football fan either, per se. I don't support any team. I love football and I, I love watching it, but I'm not I'm not wedded. I'm not passionate about one particular club. But I think my observation of, of this is the culture of football mm. and the business of football have never been further apart Correct. than they are now. Yeah. The business of football has gone in one direction, into the stratosphere, and the culture of football has remained very much at the grassroots, on the ground level. Yeah, of course. W- with the fans that, that give up their lives, that, that they, they dedicate their livelihoods, half their salary, as you were saying, to supporting that team and to, to passing on that that fandom down through their generations to making sure their kids support the same team that they do. And the, the business of football, this is what really rankles with me, because even the pundits who've been in the game their entire lives, people like Jamie Carragher coming out and saying FSG must go. Where, what's his solution? He doesn't, just because they, uh, is it because something that they've done? They represent billionaire owners. FSG are no different to the glazers, or they were they were hailed as the saviors of Liverpool Football Club when they took over from other from the other two American owners, Hicks and Gillette. You know, because they, they understood it and they were sports owners and they were you know in tune with what yeah. Liverpool was and they respected the ambition and they respected the heritage and they took a back seat and they took a step back and let Jurgen Klopp build his team and aren't they brilliant owners? And yet it emerges that they were among the ringleaders for the European Super League. So what is Carragher's kind of, like, what, put the club up for sale and, and some other billionaire can come in and guess what? Try and extract a profit, as much money as they can, out of Liverpool. Well, what else are they going to do? Their
0: value now, uh, I saw an article, uh, I think the other day, two Two point nine million, if you're looking at values of what Liverpool on the open market, if they were to become available, and as you rightly point what out, were they bought four, four They uh, bought four? about that six hundred, I think, million FSG got them for. I think maybe even lower than that. I will need to double check on that front. But they, they've they've exponential now, you know, in terms of four or five times that amount because of the success they've had, the squad they've built, you know, the the expansion of Anfield, and you know, owners with that wealth do not grow on trees. I can think of a handful if that, of people and entities that can afford that football club and who have. And then you have to extrapolate that down because, well, who then has an interest of investing that money in a football club? You have to be mad. And an entity like Sky... Which has done so
1: much in terms of driving up just this in, inflating this money bubble that has existed in football. Sky have come in. You look at the rights they pay and that they export out around the glo- uh, the BN globe for, for TV rights. The fact that the subscriber base in the UK, the money they make from that, the money that they can therefore spend on TV rights. They were the ones waving up their hands up in the air in despair, saying, "You know, this is this is not to be stood for. This is a takeover. This yeah, is this is a coup." Is a coup. Mm. But you know. To do what you're saying, to fundamentally rewire the game to a more balanced, Bring fair back. structure would require Sky to take a step back and say, actually, we, we do happening. charge
0: too much. We don't want to be paying this. But ultimately, it's happening. There's a reason that JP Morgan were involved in all of this, because everyone that you talk to, whether it's Peter Hutton at Facebook, who leads the sporting arm of that... The days of charging what they have for TV rights, in my belief, are over. The next round of negotiations, these entities are not going to pay as much as they have. The owners of these football clubs are acutely aware of that. Football may well have hit its peak. It may well be on the way down, and that's why the clubs are now scrambling along. And yet they're still talking about
1: transfer fees of 200
0: million-odd for Kylian Mbappe. Yeah, that... Where is that? That doesn't happen. And, And, you know, and I said to you in the office today... It's the Premier League clubs. They've not... Listen, they've got their worries. Yes, they do. Not, however, as much as the Spanish teams. Barca's debt is spiralling out of control. Real Madrid are in financial peril at the moment. And the Italian teams. The English clubs not pretty can survive the Spanish and Italian clubs they need the European Super League more than the English
1: necessity being the mother of invention correct and this this is the result of those teams scrambling
0: to secure their futures a reset Rob that's what we'd all like to see are we going to
1: get one no Come I on. don't know too
0: many, too, I, It's too entangled isn't it No I think this pandemic will force And it is forcing a bit of a rethink Hence why the clubs have tried this money grab This coup It hasn't worked The feeling, the ill feeling The, the strength of will of the people has had its say Let's see The next few weeks and months
1: This is Extra Time We are getting quite a few messages. Content has been democratised. The TV rights model as it stands is looking archaic. Were the rights to become more of a pay-per-view model, with more money funnelled down the pyramid, it would boost finances all the way through the game. It would also clip
0: UEFA's wings. Now, the only issue with that is it's a very difficult model to put in place because let's call a spade a spade here. The greatest of respects, and you know that I'm a fan of Sean Dyche and what he's done, but Burnley against Fulham, just to pluck Fulham out of thin air. That ain't getting many pay-per-view. Let's be honest, it's getting a crumb of what a Man United versus Liverpool on a Sunday would. So how do you set about that? Because that's always been an argument and that's always been one thing I have kind of praised the Premier League for because whilst, yes, Man United and Chelsea and all the rest of it, they seem to get richer. At the end of the day, it's still a democracy, that league. It's one club, one vote. The TV rights deal is split equally and then of I thought co- it was split on f- on league position League position then there is a prize money portion of that if you finish first you get a chunk of change and you get a lot more than the team that finishes 20th but there's an even split of a lot of the money that comes in that's the prize money uh, and you know it's, it's divvied out if you go down the pay-per-view model and that's one thing from the Premier League that I've always praised because Man United for a long time now have thought to themselves and, and Ed Woodward has mentioned this and they have stayed within the bargaining power Man United could have gone out and actually said you know what we're done playing the collective we want to go out and we want to sell our own TV rights because we know we'll make far more money than a Burnley I mean the greatest respects who's paying much other than their 25,000 at Turf Moor to watch Burnley each and every weekend but United weren't weren't going to do that they wanted they felt that it was fairer to be part of the collective when it came to the TV kind of bargaining rights deal so in that regard coming back to this pay-per-view model I just don't see it working unless, unless there is an agreement in place. It doesn't matter whether Burnley-Fulham has 100000 and Man United-Liverpool has £100 million, The money will be distributed equally.
1: There's no doubt about that. And we've got no name on the message, so I can't address them by name. But uh, they've come back to say, no, but Burnley will get a bigger slice when they play United. But they only play United
0: twice a year. So, well, uh, they'd get bigger slices when they play all of the big okay, clubs. OK, but then right? what happens, again, I come back to you, what happens when they play Fulham? What happens when Burnley play Wolves, with great respect to Wolves, to Aston Villa, anyone who isn't the big five or six? And and that's it's always been the issue. Uh, listen, the Netflix of, of Premier League, uh, I know there have been conversations had where the Premier League themselves cut out the middleman. Why does the Premier League need Sky? Be in sports, just do it themselves. Premier League Well, Simon Jordan, as
1: the former Crystal Palace he owner, thinks it's was coming. a big, uh, a big pro- ex- proponent of that. Yeah. So it does occur to me that the, the model that, that was launched under Sky Sports, for example, yeah. has a, a, essentially remained unchanged
0: since the early 90s. If you think of the technology changes. The only thing that's changed is the pricing and more games, of course. And, you know, you, you look at it... My mum's a great example. And I'll let you into a little secret here, although most people should be doing this. Every time I go home, and I haven't been home now in 18 months... I would look at my mum's Sky bill and be like, oh my goodness, they've jacked it up again. Right, let me get back on the phone. Let me claim that you're about to quit because you're unhappy with the fees. No, 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 sir, don't do that. I tell you what, we'll do. We'll take this off. We'll take this off. Your mum can get 12 months of this free. Bring it down by 25 quid. And then lo and behold, I'll head back in a year and it'll be up again by 25 quid. And you just, you continue doing that. You continue bartering with them. They don't want to lose you as a customer. But it's amazing. How much what does it done.
1: cost to, to basically so my mom, pay my
0: mum 50 quid, 50 quid a month for our Sky sports 50 produce. quid a month? Yeah, for our Sky Sport, because they're smart. You cannot get sport. My mum has to have been lobbed in with that, the entertainment package. She doesn't watch Sky Gold. She's not got any interest in, you know, How I Meet Your Mother or whatever the shows are that are on that. She's only interested in my mum, bless her. Uh, similar BBC to 1, the, the packages 2, that
1: they flog you here.
0: ITV, Channel 4 and the sport. But Sky are smart. They don't allow you just to have those packages. So they wrap her up and they build it. And that's yeah, why Because you they back. know full well of that course. really, all they're really offering... Which isn't available
1: on one of the big platforms like Amazon or Netflix or wherever is the, is sport. the live sport. And that's that's it. all they've got to you offer. Take sport away Let's be from honest, Sky. Sky movies. Yeah, I mean, you get it on any other platform um, yeah. for a much cheaper price. Correct. For a subscription of what? Just a few dirhams every month. Yeah, fifty quid. About
0: yeah, forty. 45. That's unbelievable. Fifty quid. Um, Two
1: hundred and fifty Fad is dirhams. asking whether you're happy with Edward resigning, given the fact that you know I, I know how many times we've. Uh, We've had the conversation about Ed's strengths, certainly
0: not in a footballing yeah. realm, more so of a commercial realm. If I, if I take a step back, there is no doubt, and Fad, there's not many people telling you this. Man United will miss him in one sense. The fella has no clue about football. The business acumen, certainly over the last, and, and listen, whether he's got a backbone as well, you would say no. I mean, he's was called a liar, wasn't he? by uh, Alexander Seferin in the last couple of days, and, and you know rightly so for if the accusations levelled against him are true. What he has done at Man United is he's he's been the Glazers puppet in a lot of ways, but he is someone who, who gets the dollars. You know, you look at the amount of sponsors that have come on board at Man United, and there's a lot of ills to that as well, but he's brought those in, right? That's one thing. As a businessman, there's, there's some merit to him. Where the big just question mark and more than question mark, he should have been run out long ago. He does not have a clue. About football, He's a former investment banker. He's a former GP Morgan uh, employee. He doesn't know much about football. He had one year under David Gill. He joined the football club, I believe, in 2012. David Gill and Fergie left in 2013. He was handed the keys to the castle. And then he's boasting about the fact that we've invested one billion into the playing squad since I arrived. One billion quid. And what have you got to show for it? A Europa League, a League Cup and an FA Cup. And if Jose has it his way, you're going to claim a community shield. It's nonsense. For one billion, you've wasted money on Angel de Maria, Memphis Depay, Morgan Schneiderlin. I mean, the money that's been spent on Dross, Maru and Fellini. Yeah, but Dross. Angel de Maria is playing great for PSG. Yeah, but it
1: didn't work. It, it, it's the, the it's structure. A poor he,
0: signing. he but,
1: they didn't get the best out of him. But
0: he's he's responsible for the structure. Where the money goes off the field, he's also responsible for the appointments of David Moyes with Fergie sayso So maybe Fergie kicks the can for a bit of that. Louis van Gaal, Jose Mourinho... And now, Ollie, one billion spent for what they've got to show. Come on. Man City have spent a billion. They've got their house in order. They've rejuvenated an area of Manchester. They've got the best manager in the business. They've got a structure top down and they're getting success. They've not won the European Cup yet and that's the big one. But at least they're making strides. They're making success of it. Man United. Who replaces Edward Wood? It, if anyone. An investment banker. If the Glazers have it their way, it, will, it won't be. I mean, the, 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 me, who do I replace him with? Edwin van der Sar. He's learnt his stripes. He's earned his stripes at Ajax, former Man United player. He's learnt on the job at Ajax. He's CEO. He isn't a sporting director. People often make that mistake. He's in a CEO position at Ajax. He's someone I would look to and say, he deserves an opportunity. He's a footballing man. He gets it. What he isn't, though, is he's not an investment banker. And the Glazers don't care about success. They care about their bank balance. So what you're actually saying fundamentally is Ed Woodward. you are cutting the head off he, a snake. Yeah. Us another head will grow. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, the Glazers are the the root of all of the they ills. Are. But again, coming back to your point, I don't want to sound like Jamie Carragher. I can see get rid of the Glazers. Who's coming in? Who's spending 3.2, 3.3, 3.4 billion to buy Man United Football Club? This is extra time.
1: The Super League. I suppose we we ought to move on at some stage. Yeah, but not. I do want to ask you about. What's going on on the continent? And we did say that this has been driven very much from the plight of the Spanish clubs. What is the solution for them
0: long term? Great question. The Super League in a lot of ways I mean Javier Tabas the the La Liga chief I mean he was he has always been very candid with us over here at the Dubai Globe Soccer Awards he's been a regular visitor over for the conference the Dubai Sports International Sports Conference which uh, actually uh, comes the day before the big glitzy award show and he's always been honest to say that La Liga does face an issue the Premier League is the most entertaining league in the world it is the league that does generate the most interest because there is If we can poke fun at at it, it's a big six. If we're going to include Arsenal and Spurs, okay, they're seventh and ninth respectively in the league. Throw in the fact Leicester won the league in 2016, they're up and coming. West Ham are a big club in their own right. There's an awful lot to, to celebrate with the Premier League in La Liga, and that's not to be disrespectful to a Bilbao, a Sevilla, a Villarreal. They've got more trouble, and that's why they've been playing around with kickoffs at 11am, trying to drag in the Asian fans, saying, Come on, watch Barca play Sevilla with your cornflakes, or the Spaniards watching their games with their cornflakes because the matches are kicking off in the morning in Spain. Their problem is, they essentially, they need UEFA to dig them out of a hole. They need a bigger slice of that UEFA pie now because the Super League has been kiboshed. You know, Barca have got huge debts. In the past, Madrid have spent extravagantly. They've been bailed out by the Madrid City Council, who, of course, bought their training ground for huge sums of money. That was then funneled back in. So those clubs need to be worried. Italy as well was seen... I mean the capitulation of Inter Milan's owners from a Chinese perspective. Uh, the conglomerate there, Inter, going to go on and win Syria. What their future looks like long term remains to be seen. AC Milan question marks there as well. Juventus on a solid footing, but again, it's almost a glass ceiling. Rob, there's only so much money they can bring they can bring in in their own, you know, in their own boundaries of the country of Italy. So they need to stretch and, and spread their wings a little, but. They've got to do that through UEFA. They've got to do that through the Champions League. They've got to fight tooth and nail to get a little bit more of the pie because there is nowhere else to go. We have reached, I come back to it, we've reached that point now, Rob, that there is no more money to gain. The only way now is asset strip, streamline your squad, invest in academies. You can no longer spend 600 grand on your Ronaldos a week. You just can't do it. It's not a bad thing. Ronnie will survive. He would survive on fifty grand a week, for goodness sake. And that may well be the realistic outcome of all this, that we've reached the point of only way is down for these clubs in terms of where we go. There's only so many shirt sponsors, only so many sponsors you can put on the sleeves, only so many sponsors you can stick on a stadium and a training ground. You know, if the, the Super League is truly dead and the venture capitalists are not willing to invest... A bit of will,
1: will Barca and Real effectively be able to barge through these these cash-strap
0: difficulties? with the I know they're government-backed, yeah, the, aren't the, they? The, the, the asset strip, uh, I think the Barca, uh, Barcelona Foundation, which is a separate arm, a separate part of the company, I know there's been offers in to invest in that, Our entities would like a bit of slice of that to go out and put the Barcelona name on beside their brand and a little social uh, responsibility go back into the community. So there are areas that they will have to and, Rob, they'll have to downsize. Invest back in La Masia. Find your youth players, have a couple of years in the doldrums and reset. Your extravagant spending has put you in this position. Not Fulham's, Brighton's, Villarreal's, Sevilla's. You are in the position of a billion in debt because you've overreached, you've overstretched. That's on you. That's on no one else. It doesn't change Messi's future, I take it. You expect him to stay. Laporta will find loopholes. There'll be a Barcelona entity that will offer up something to keep him. He'll have to take potentially a pay cut. You've got to sit him down and say, Lionel, it's on you now. Do you want to stay? If so, you've got to take a pay cut. Do you want to go? Who's paying you 600 grand a week? Everyone's in the well, same boat. PSG, probably. Maybe Maybe not. You know, maybe not everyone now. Again, I think there is an opportunity here because there is nowhere for these clubs to go. There's an opportunity where downsizing will simply have to happen. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's just saying, Paul...
1: Pogba, good luck to hey, listen, you. Listen, if the opinion. quality of play shouldn't suffer, it will be the financial mechanics
0: around the game I, that will that will have know, to be rejigged. Cut out the pariahs. Sorry, safe, if you're listening. But agent, they don't need Mina Raiola doesn't need 60 million cut from these players. Sorry, you're getting 5 million. Not good enough. Good luck in finding somewhere else. And slowly but surely, sense comes back. Sense comes back. More proper due diligence in recruitment, proper work done on a training field. Don't be a checkbook manager. Work with the players. Be a coach, for goodness sake. Get the best out. Improve these guys. And away you go again.
1: Thank you for listening to the Extra Time Podcast. With myself, Chris McCarty, and Robbie Greenfield. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and please do give us a review.
0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8
1: podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today.